Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Hey everyone, did you hear the news? Wake Up With Gratitude was featured in the July 20th edition of Women's World Magazine. Now you might not have been able to grab your copy uh, from the local newsstand or grocery store, but not to worry, I've plastered it all over my social media, so just check out the social links in the podcast and you can take a look at the article yourself. Now I know that some of you might be wondering, you know, how can I best support the podcast or the art that Julie is doing or some of her writing? Well, I've created an account with Patreon. Now, if you're not sure what Patreon is, it's a way for you to support an artist, so someone who's doing something like a podcast or the art that I do with my cards and my photography on a monthly basis. And you can support me with a monthly donation. The lowest tier starts at $3 a month, and then I give you exclusive gifts in return for saying thank you for your patronage. It's kind of like in the old days when artists would have a patron that would support them financially to allow them to do their art without having to worry about putting a roof over their head or food on the table. So this is the new world version of what it's like to support an artist. Every little bit makes a difference and I truly appreciate all of your support and I'd like to keep this podcast really focused on the content as opposed to you know, filling it up with ads. So if you'd like to support me, please visit patreon.com forward slash wake up with gratitude and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash wake up with gratitude. Don't forget as a level one or above supporter, your name will be shouted out on the podcast to thank you for your support. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm excited to welcome Beth Ritter Nydick. She's the founder of Blue Barn Kitchen and the author of the Clean Cocktails Cookbook. Her own journey to heal the symptoms of IBS led her to become a certified health coach at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Blue Barn Kitchen offers you a place to learn how to lead a healthier lifestyle. In our very personal interview, Beth shares the difficult personal and family challenges she has faced over the past few years. We deep dive into her daily gratitude practices, which have been a critical part of her journey. Welcome to this episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, and today I have the pleasure to have a very special guest with me. I'd like to say welcome to Beth Ritter-Nydick. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm so Good. excited I'm so- to be here. I think this topic is so, everyone needs to hear it right now. Everyone needs to be on it right now and learn what they can really use from, from being grateful in their life. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's very timely. It's really interesting. Uh, you know, I've been sharing my gratitude for many, many years, and now it's really aligned with what we're looking for. And uh, for those that haven't met Beth yet, uh, she is the founder of Blue Barn Kitchen and the author of the Clean Cocktails Cookbook. Uh, she really under, yeah, if you're watching the video, she's showing <laughs> you the book, which looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And I love it because uh, it's a way to enjoy cocktails in a healthier way. So whether you choose to drink alcohol or not, it's nice to have an option where you can have a healthier cocktail. 
But Beth has a really powerful story about how, you know, she became the founder of Blue Barn Kitchen and how she got to this point in her life. And I really, Beth, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, where that story came from, where this passion for food and, and healthy eating and, uh, and, you know, healthier cocktails came from. <laughs> oh, 100%. So I'm going to take you back to the late 80s, dating myself, but that's okay. Um, and I had these horrible stomach issues. Everything I ate made me sick. I was in the bathroom all the time. I had acne, my hair, like there was just something wrong with me. But remember back then, being healthy wasn't fashionable. It wasn't a thing, right? Yeah. So I remember going, my mom taking me to doctors and them telling my mom that it was in my head. It's stress. She's making it up for attention. That was my favorite. I'm a middle child. So of course I was making everything up for attention. But <laughs> thankfully my mom's a hippie and she knew something was wrong. So I did get that IBS diagnosis, not until I was 15. And at that point, it really meant, we don't know what's wrong with you, go figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I was sick for a few more years until actually I went to college. So I went to school in upstate New York at Ithaca. And in Ithaca, they had these amazing things called farmer's markets, which I had never, ever heard of. So I went one day and started talking to people. And I said to this woman, I have, my stomach always bothers me. She goes, oh, it's probably what you're eating. Like they were like off, like, oh, you're probably allergic to something. Like she gave me all these reasons why I could have stomach aches. So then I spent the next six months in the library at the at school. So remember, it's the late 80s. There yeah. isn't the internet. No. So I'm literally like on the floor, surrounded by these huge textbooks, trying to figure out how to help myself because I just couldn't, I just couldn't go on like that. I was missing out on, I couldn't go to class sometimes, definitely missing out on boys, missing out on fun times at school. It just wasn't working for me. And what I figured out, was if I ate whole, real foods, and I eliminated dairy and anything that was processed and all sugars, I didn't have stomach aches anymore. I'll tell this one quick story. I remember going out for bagels on a Sunday morning with my roommates, and there were four of them, and I eat something, you know, I'm sitting there for like half an hour, and then I get up to go to the bathroom, and two of my friends follow me, because they want to have an intervention, because they feel like I'm bulimic, because I'm always going to the bathroom. Going to the bathroom. And I was like, guys, I swear I'm not bulimic, but if you don't leave, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. So I did eventually leave the bathroom. And I eventually really healed myself through just eating fruits, vegetables, fish, and chicken. That's wow. like, that, that was my diet. And I would eat like boiled chicken for in the beginning and brown rice, like really no taste. Thankfully, I got it up and running. Um, yeah. So when I left school, I was a TV producer. Everything I learned left. And I started drinking a Diet Coke on the way to work, a Diet Coke at lunch with a baked potato and chili on top from Wendy's that was downstairs from the studio, and a Diet Coke on the way home. Until I felt so bad that I was like, wait a minute, I'm not doing anything that I know works for my body. And I really started, and at that time it started to be in the news, people started really thinking about it. It was um, around 2000. Um, and I went back to eating healthy and feeling healthy. Um, and it was a huge change and people noticed so that when I had my kids and I was feeding them tofu and edamame and, you know, I was making these little broccoli bites, people started asking me questions about how I not only was feeling better because it was noticeable difference, but what I was feeding my kids. So went back to school to get certified and then Blue Barn Kitchen was born. That's so Because awesome. a healthy lifestyle website that teaches you, not only teaches you, it offers you ideas. It offers you things that you can do to make yourself healthier to live a little healthier life because it's not I'm not like a you need to do this 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 and this I'm like this is what I do this yeah. is what I think works for lots of people yeah. what do you want to try out of these options because as you know if you try to overhaul your whole life at once it does not work 
There's so many little bits of your story that I, that I relate to. I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I get it. I feel, I get what you're saying. And it's, it's really interesting. I kind of had a giggle at the diet Coke thing because that was me for so long. I would have a diet Coke basically with breakfast. I'd have a diet Coke in the early afternoon. I couldn't have the third because I caffeine will really keep me from sleeping, but I was doing that for years and years and I couldn't quit. I would quit. And then if I would have one again, I would get back on the diet Coke train. It was like a really, it was a really bad obsession for me. Cause I, in the afternoon I would have a diet Coke and a chocolate bar. Addicted, of that addicted sugar to the giving. sugar, yeah. to the corn syrup. Yeah. You know, now we know what corn syrup does to your body. The caramel we like, color. Um, we were yeah. all addicted. Yeah. Working in the city. I was in New York city. Yeah. Everyone drank diet Coke, but now can you drink diet Coke? Oh no, I, I can't oh, even imagine. No. So it's really, it's so interesting. And also, you know, you mentioned about this, like feeling bad when you were eating and you didn't quite get the connection. Um, when I first realized that I am very intolerant to gluten, so I've never been tested for celiac disease, but I eat like someone who does, like I don't cheat. Yep. I'm not, you know, I don't, when I go to a restaurant though, I'm, I'm clear that they don't need to like clean the cutting board or anything. Like <laughs> I'm not worried about cross-contamination, but I don't eat gluten. Like it's just not part of my diet. And you know, when I figured this out, which was back in 2012, I had been, I had stomach pain every time I ate lunch and I was, all I had for lunch usually was like a a healthy whole grain wrap. And I would eat, um, like the tofu chicken, you know, like the like fake chicken, right? You're like, I'm being healthy. It's healthy. And, but the thing is, is all of those have wheat in them as a binder. And I didn't even realize and so I would have stomach pain after lunch every day. And I was like, it's weird that I have stomach pain every day. And it took, um, I met a wonderful woman called Dr. Libby Weaver, who is uh, an amazing um, you know, scientist and nutritionist. And she's like, I think you may be intolerant to gluten before people were talking about gluten-free. So when you talk about having IBS before people were talking about it and you had to figure it out yourself, I resonate with that because that's how I felt when I found out about not being able to eat gluten at a time when like gluten-free wasn't even a, a catchphrase. Oh, so yeah, totally. I was dairy-free when there was no dairy. There, I was dairy-free as a kid also. It kind of came back and went. And actually when I was pregnant, I could, my friends and I would, my friends would take me for milkshakes because I'd never, I hadn't had milkshakes since I was like seven and they would take me for milkshakes. But I remember going to like a roller skating party when I was seven with my little Tafuti cup because that was the only non-dairy item at all. Like yeah. there was nothing else. And I remember the girl thought it was a mistake and like that worked at the roller skating place and took it away from me and I cried. Like, that's oh. my memory of, of food being dairy free and my son is gluten free. And we really figured that out when he was in sixth grade, he's a senior in high school now. It was before there was, I was making all that stuff. Yeah. I was making, right, you were too. Like we, there, I was ordering the flowers online because they didn't have it. There was no Bob's Red Mill in the supermarket, Ugh. right? Like, I mean, Bob's existed, but nobody, it hadn't, it's, right. it, Bob's has been around for such a long time, but it didn't actually grow until the gluten-free movement really grew. And now it's a staple for so many of us. But yeah, okay. I, I actually like designed a whole program around gluten-free eating because they didn't exist back then. And now like you and I, like if people are running into similar problems now, they just have to Google and there's like, <laughs> hundreds and thousands of different programs that can help them. But there's something to be said about when you go through something yourself and you have to figure it out, you have a different understanding of how that affects our body and that mind-body connection and that understanding that what we're putting in our mouth actually affects how we feel. 
sounds obvious now, but it wasn't, you know, back then. So um, you mentioned a little bit about your son and um, now I don't know actually if you're talking about the same one that yes. went through some, you said that he went through some pretty serious health challenges. He did. He did. And looking back, we can see the little crumbs that we should have picked up. Not sure we should have. I take that back. That's no, I'm not mommy shaming myself right. that I wish I, we could have picked up on because he had horrible headaches. He had rashes. He had mood swings. You know, it's like he's a, there's something wrong with him. We don't know what it is. He was a sixth grader and it kind of went away. I don't know what we did. I don't remember. But two years later, eighth, ninth grade, he was really sick. Like sick to the point where couldn't go to school, um, you know, got the school involved to help him because he like literally couldn't make it to class, didn't get out of bed, horrible headaches, horrible mood swings. And I was, and thank God. And I'm so grateful that I've had the education that I've had and I've had the experiences that I had because I knew it was something. I could have written him off as a lazy kid that complained too much. I, I could have, but instead I took him, I found a functional medicine doctor who I am beyond grateful for because she saved his life. I literally took my son to Israel, to one of the top gastro guys in Israel. And he's like, it's not Candida. She said it was Candida. He was like, it's not Candida. I took him to two more, you know, Western doctors. It's not Candida. And I was like, but I believe it is. This pediatrician believes it is. And I'm very, I like the Western medicine idea. Um, you know, gave him a diet and a protocol. And within three months, he actually was feeling better. It took about 20 months for him to really be better. Um, so for 20 months, I had a son who wasn't himself, who never felt well, who always had a headache, who always had a stomach ache. There was, there was always something physical going on. And he was, thank God, he, I'm so grateful that he is who he is because he per, perceived his perseverance and persistence to wanting to get better and wanting to get back to his life was instrumental in him being better. But the people that I found along the way that helped him I can't tell you how grateful I am. And, I, and I, when I say she saved his life, I mean she really did because I've seen online other moms who are asking the same questions and, I'm, and I say, that's candida. This is what I did. Please right. go to your doctor. Please call my doctor. Because if you're not a mom who knows anything about nutrition, you might not realize what it is. For sure. So I love what you just said about being a parent and not being a nutritionist and not really understanding what's going on with our children. And I think that's a big thing is that, you know, you talked about, you don't want to mommy shame. Well, but we also want to like really listen to that intuition that we have when we think something is not well with our child, when we know that something's not right, it's to lean into that and say, I want to get to the bottom of this because even if someone else says something, they're just making it up. I have to say that I think we grew up in a similar time when it was like, we got told so many things were in our head mm -hmm. and weren't actually real. Right. And so it's like that. I, I really caution myself to do that for my daughter. I'm like, I, I'm like, I really want to listen and not just say, well, that's just happening in your head. I don't know how you've been able to deal with that and with your kids, but that's something I definitely struggle with is keeping my upbringing out of, you know, listening to them. It's so funny you say that because I've actually been having this conversation a lot lately. First of all, I have boys. So there is a different level of hormonal craziness. I'm assuming between a nine-year-old girl and a nine-year-old boy, there's a big difference. I would say God gave me boys for a reason. <laughs> so I don't know what you did wrong. In your, no, I'm kidding. Um, 
I, you know, I did this program years and years ago where this is what I took from it. It was like a self-help weekend kind of thing. Nothing means anything until you give it meaning. So say mm. you call me, I don't call you back. What does it mean? It means that I don't like you. You must suck. I don't want to be on your podcast. But what it actually means is I didn't call you back. Right. So if we take the story away from meaning, it gives us the opportunity and the possibility and the space for us to grow in a different way. And that's really where my, my parenting comes from. So I, I totally love that you brought that up because it is, it's a strategy that I've used in the past, but I'd forgotten about it again until you just mentioned it again. Good. And it's true. It's like, I, I actually did do that with my daughter, not even thinking about it a couple of days ago when a friend wasn't responding the way that we thought she would. And I'm right. like, what is the story we're making up here? right? It is. And it's a good lesson to start from the beginning. It's like, well, wait a minute. What's the story that I'm making up? Because that's probably not true, but we always seem to default. Like it's our fault. We've done something wrong. It's about us. When 99% of the time, (laughs) it has nothing to do with us. No, the email didn't go out. They didn't get the text. They're going on a hike. Like it could be anything. So I got you confused with another Julie. (laughs) Exactly. Confused with another Julie. Um, So I really take it from that. And I think being very self-aware, you know, you and I have done a lot of internal work to get to this point. This isn't like we started and we're fantastic at it now. Um, But I think for me, it's really, I've always treated them like a, like a mini adults. I tell Mm -hmm. them everything. We have those frank conversations. I talk about sex in front of them, even if they won't talk about it. And they tell me to shut up because I want them to know that I have, that I'm an open book. You can, you can know everything about mommy. Um, And it works for me, but if I had different kids, that might not have worked. Well, I think that I like that too, is that understanding that uh, just because our children might not have the language skills to express themselves as we do as adults, it doesn't mean they're not able to understand some things and that, that treating them on the level, I think is, it's super important to just not just treat them as little people, but like as actual real thinking and understanding human beings. So I want to kind of shift back to, um, you talked about this time you went through the 20 months where your son was healing. You had a lot going on. So not only your son got sick, um, you went through uh, a few personal tragedies and, and uh, a very bad accident for yourself. I did. I did. Um, My uh, father-in-law was taking out the garbage and was hit by a car, a, a pickup truck and didn't make it. Um, he was sent a couple of days in the hospital. It was, it's, it threw me. I was there. I was the first one called. So I was the one that called my husband. I was the one that called my mother-in-law. Um, oh my it really threw me. And be, but three months before that, I was hit by an oncoming car who was on the phone. It, the driver was on the phone. Um, I believe. I don't know if they were, but I believe they were on the phone. Hit me. I went through a stop sign and, and you know, like this far from a tree. So I was physically injured. And then my father-in-law um, passed too. I, so I've known my in-laws longer than I've known my husband. My in-laws were friends of my parents, but my husband's five years older than I am because he's very old. Uh, We never (laughs) met. You know, I'm 10, he's 15. Like the story that he tells is that I was away at sleepaway camp and he was hanging out with my parents at their beach house. Yeah. Which is a true story. So I really, I've known my father-in-law since I was 10. Wow. So when, when that happened, I lost my blank. Or my, I don't know if we can curse on here or not, <laughs> but I won't. I lost my mind. Like I really did watching somebody that you love on the sidewalk 
I hope no, nobody else, nobody's listening to my voice has ever has that experience because it just took me out of my life. I couldn't function. I was severely depressed for a long time. I could cry about it now. Um, but the one thing that got me through it, my family, um, but also the grace I could give myself for grateful for the life I had and grateful for the support that I had, but also grateful for me acknowledging that I'm a strong woman, but I don't need to be strong right now. I need to take care of my body and my mind and myself. And I left my life for a long time. Not, I was still dealing with my son. I was dealing with what happened with my father-in-law. I was still dealing with physical issues, but I stepped out. I say I stepped out of my life, but you couldn't tell online because I run an online business. I really kept that going. So the outsides looked like everything's fine. But on the inside, I was dying. And get, until I gave myself the permission and the grace to say, you know what? You can spend December watching TV and, and taking walks. That's okay. You know, I, had the, I am grateful that my husband makes a nice living and, you know, I could not work for a month, um, which turned into six months. I just, I needed a break. I just, I couldn't give myself to other people until I could wholly give myself to myself. Does that make sense? You know, I'm so glad that this is where our conversation has gone because when I first started the podcast, it was 30 days of self-love because I was having trouble loving myself. I was having trouble caring for myself. I was having trouble doing kind things for myself. And when we are so depleted personally and when we are not, I love what you said before we started chatting, which is that you gave yourself grace and time to heal. Yep. And that, and I think, you know, whether or not financially we can make it happen, I think if we don't do it, the consequences are not just financial. The consequences no. are devastating. And for some people it, you know, they never get out of it. So no. totally. what you said about you just, you took the month and it turned into six because you went through so much trauma not just losing your father-in-law, but literally seeing him oh. like I, that trauma alone is not something that I don't know how you ever really get past that. Honestly, I, I don't. I don't think you do. You know, yeah. I, this is the second podcast I've ever talked about it on. And I feel that starting to talk about it will help me move past it. It's still, I, I still feel like it's holding me a little bit. I still feel like it's there. Sometimes I feel like it's kind of surrounding me and I'm having good days or bad days. You know, having my gratefulness practice in the morning really helped kind of shed that, that surround a little bit in the morning. Um, it's a lot less, thank God, than it, than it was, you know, six months, eight months ago. Um, but it's, it's a daily practice that I need to have because things still happen. Um, for a while, if something happened, it would just trigger everything that had happened before. I've done therapy, you know, which I love my therapist. Anyone needs a good therapist in New Jersey? I got your therapist. He's amazing. Um, but really giving myself that time to heal and to be okay, but being okay to giving myself that time to heal was I think the biggest struggle yeah. and the biggest breakthrough for myself. Um, I love, you mentioned it briefly there and I love really asking all my guests to tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what is your gratitude practice? What are you actually doing to practice gratitude on a daily basis? Can you just give us a little kind of window into what that looks like? Um, <laughs> you guys are going to laugh. I laugh at myself because it's, it's like funny, stupid, but my husband is always snoring when I wake up. He wakes me up. 
and I give him a little kiss and I, and I say to my, I say to him how grateful I am for him and be in my life. Um, even if he's snoring and being annoying because he's, you know, I open my eyes. He's the first thing I see. And if we're not working well together, then nothing's working together. Um, but I take the time to, you know, I do some mantras. I do a little meditation, but I make a list and I go through who I'm grateful for, what I'm grateful for. But I always end with what I'm grateful for about myself. Because a lot of grateful practices is about everybody else and the trees and my son and, you know, my podcast mic or whatever it is. But being grateful for your strengths, for your friendship, for whatever it is that you're working on, I think that's really the, the I don't know, the meat of my, of my meditation practice. I'm sorry, my gratitude practice. It's, well, I would say it's the magic. Imagine, oh, I like that better. The because magic. it's the magic of being grateful for things that you're actually still working on, exactly. being grateful for the difficulty. And I know this is something I'm very clear on. There's no gratitude in, in losing someone. Like we don't, we're not grateful that someone is no longer living on this earth. Maybe occasionally for those that are suffering, there's a little bit of gratitude for ending of suffering. But yes. losing a human being that was alive on this earth, that's not the gratitude part. The gratitude is the little bits, right? The gratitude is that little special memory. The gratitude is what the person I've become having navigated this difficult time. The gratitude is how I've learned these skills that will get me through the next difficult time because guess what? There are going to be more. It's not, <laughs> that's guaranteed. Yeah, it's going to happen. Look where we are now. Guaranteed, so, yeah. It's so, helped me not to, to react differently to things, to be able to help my family and my friends through different things, and also see my kids through a different lens and really understand who they are and the place they come from so I can meet them there and help them along their journey. Because they're, they're leaving soon. I got two years and they're both out. Maybe, hopefully. Well, <laughs> I know, right? We're in such a different world right now. Oh, my friend, you are right. We said at the beginning we could talk for hours, but uh, we didn't even, you know, I had like 10 more questions I could have asked you. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but as I wrap things up, you know, we didn't get really into your book, but I'm actually, there's a blog post you just posted about how to celebrate safely this summer. And you've given, uh, three cocktail ideas, which I love. So I'm going to share that link in, uh, the notes for the video and the podcast. Uh, where is the best place for people to find you on all the internet and everything? <laughs> Everywhere. So if you... Look for Beth Nidick on any platform. You'll find me. Blue Barn Kitchen is the name of the website. So you can find me there as well. And I do have Blue Barn Kitchen on Facebook. You know, if you Google Beth Nidick and anything you want to find out, it'll come up yeah. because I'm a good publicist. And that's what I do on my professional side of my business. I help, women, I help businesses get publicity and use it to leverage the credibility and their, their bottom line for their business. Um, but I want to ask your audience one favor. Yes. If they want to go get my book, and here's the title again, Clean Cocktails, Righteous Recipes for the Modern Mixologist, I ask you please to call your local bookstore. They can order the book for you, and then you're really helping a local business, which is so important now. If you don't have a local bookstore, it is available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and anywhere else that you can, but please, please think about your local store first. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that you mentioned that. I think one of the ways we're going to get out of this difficulty is really like giving back in our own communities as much as possible, and sometimes it isn't. Like you said, sometimes, you know, they can't have access to it, but I love that idea of going in and saying, can you bring in this book for me? I'd love to get it. Cause this is really, this isn't a Kindle book. This is a book you need to physically put in front of you 
uh, to see what you're making. I'm, I'm really excited to try some of these cocktails that you've, I've kind of gotten into cocktails a little bit again. And I, I like the idea of like really healthy cocktails. So um, that's amazing. So oh, thank you so much. It's all your favorite cocktails just made with healthier nutrient density. Yeah, that's it. That's the way it is. I think you're talking before about lavender, gin. Yeah. Lavender and rosemary and grapefruit yeah. gin. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on getting a sponsorship with a local gin distillery. So <laughs> stay tuned. They're very, very, yeah. very local though. So really you have to live on Vancouver Island to get this gin, but, uh, I'm going to have a conversation with them that you might see this podcast sponsored by a gin that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, Beth, thank you so much for sharing your heart, for sharing your story, um, your difficult challenges, and for letting us know how gratitudes help you to get through it. So just want to, you know, send you my love all the way across the country. And thanks again. And I, I have a feeling you'll be back again as a guest. I hope so. We'll talk soon. Thanks, thanks so much, Julie, for having me on. My friend, you did it. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around. I would love it if you take the time to subscribe to the podcast so that when new episodes are released, they're automatically downloaded so you can listen to them anywhere you are. It would really mean the world to me if you would give this podcast a five-star review, should you think that I deserve it, on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for taking the 30 to 90 seconds to share your rating and give a little review of the podcast. It helps other people to know if they should be listening to this podcast or not. And of course, if you've listened this far, I know it's made a positive impact in your life. So if it's helped you, do you think you could share it with a friend? Who do you know who could use just a little bit more gratitude and inspiration in their life? And finally, If you're like me and you love talking about gratitude and being grateful and sharing all things related to gratitude, please join our community on Facebook. You can find us under Groups Gratitude Ambassadors, and we'd love to welcome you into our community. Thanks, and we'll see you at the next episode.